Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and on the Overcast app for iOS. Joining me on location here in Pensacola Beach, Florida, my guests are brothers who live in Nashville and perform in a country band, although they each did have their own solo careers. They have written songs that have been cut by 12 other artists. Their debut single debuted at number one on the CMT 12-pack countdown, and their music has been streamed by the millions. They were also named one of five rising acts by CMT. They released an album this year that we will talk about, and they are actively touring. We will give you a couple of those dates, too. You have been hearing a song of theirs called It All Looks Good From Here. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment. Chad and Kyle, they are the Wilson Brothers. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Awesome, guys. Thanks for taking time out to do this here in, in sunny Pensacola Beach. Man, it's awesome, huh? <laughs> We were just playing a song of yours that, unfortunately for the listeners, I was talking over an awful lot. Tell them about the song, It All Looks Good From Here. That was the first single we released off our, uh, off our debut record, and, and we was very fortunate that the song went number one on CMT. Um, but it's a song I wrote a few years back, and uh, it just it turned out we went in the studio and laid it down, and it come out, and it's just been, um, it's been an awesome experience having, uh, having it on the record, and it's done a lot for us over this past year. Now... In talking about writing the song, do the two of you write together? I mean that like exclusively. Do you only write with each other? Do you write with other people? Is it well? He writes the lyrics. I write the melody. How how does all that go? It's it typically we're all over the place. We write a lot <laughs> together. We write a lot with a lot of other people, uh, t- both together and individually. We just have a great group of of people and writers around us that we trust and we love, and we try to you know keep everything that we do with our group but uh yeah we, we we write together a good bit as well and that song there it all looks good from here can you remember who came up with the idea brought it to the other one you know when that was what what inspired the song i was in texas i'd moved to san antonio uh, four or five years ago and uh he was he was still in nashville and i was just uh we lost a good friend of ours uh wayne mills and um i got out to texas and it, uh, it just came really natural. It was, one, it was an easier song to write, just being kind of thankful for what we have and what we're blessed with and, and what we don't have as well. And I called him up and told him, I was like, I, I think I got us a, a, a pretty good tune, you know. And we got back to Nashville, and it, uh, I played it for him and our producer, Chris Rowe, and everybody loved it. And we immediately went in and tracked it. And it, it's pretty easy process uh, from what I remember. But tell me, being brothers, does that make it, easier or and, I, and i'm trying to tell myself why it would make it more difficult but does it make it easier to bring a song idea to your brother and and the other one say i don't feel it i, I don't i don't buy it i don't like it yeah it definitely definitely sometimes if you're writing with people that maybe you're not familiar with you have a little bit of reluctancy to uh, be straightforward uh, they might have an idea that you don't like but you're not just going to tell them that because you know 
you, you got have, have some courtesy to you. Now, him and I, on the other hand, if he comes at me with something and I don't think it's good, I'll, I'll tell him, I don't think that's good, dude. But at the same time, if he comes at me with something that's great, I'll also let him know that he's got something really special. That's a great point to make because certainly, like you say, there is that level of professional courtesy where you're not feeling it and you do have to think about how am I going to get myself out of this and tell this person I'm not really feeling it with this song. And, and I like that you did go out of your way to also say, though, that, look, if it's great, I'm going to tell you it's great. But I wonder, do you ever get an instance where, where you're in the middle, where you say, I'm not sure that I'm feeling it, and, and you all spend some time and work it out to where you decide, okay, this isn't going anywhere, or, see, I knew it just needed a little whatever. Yeah, our producer, Chris Rowe, kind of helps, helps us mediate that a lot, um, because, I mean, as a songwriter, you write something, you can get attached to it, but I may be attached to it and him not, and, and vice versa. So, you know, when we have songs that we're kind of on the fence about, uh, Chris is really good to help us um, see the good and the bad of it. If we have to do a rewrite on it or change a few lines here and there or whatever it may be. And so it's, that's uh, kind of been our process through this whole record, really. Well, that's the beauty of, of songwriting. Sometimes you have to write stuff just to fill the space, and you come back and you can, you know, rewrite that later. Uh, if you're if you're on the second verse and you've got a couple of really good lines, but you're a couple of lines short of having the song finished, you might be willing to go ahead and just put a few lines in there that you know are not going to make the final cut, just just to simply say you got the song done, and then you can always go back and change it later. Yeah, I know one songwriter in particular, and I won't, I won't even say if it's a male or a female, I'll just say a songwriter in particular who I know very well that has really struggled with the bridge in a lot of songs and has sometimes said, where does it say that you absolutely 100% have to have a bridge? I'm just not going to put one in, and thus it allows you to feel some sense of completion that instead of kind of putting that song on hold or leaving it in a notebook somewhere... You say, okay, and it does afford you the opportunity to come back later and say, you know, never put a bridge in that song, and, and I think I've got something. Yeah. Well, it depends. If you're able to say what you need to say in that song without having a bridge, you know, don't put one in there. Um, but sometimes that bridge is so is, is one of the most powerful aspects of the song. It just drives home the, the whole story. And so uh, I, I think there's pros and cons of, of both, having it in and sometimes not having a bridge. Great points, great points. And listeners, those of you who listen every week because you are aspiring songwriters, performers, singers, etc., this is good stuff, isn't it? Already, I feel like I feel like these guys are bringing some good nuggets or some good education, and, and we've really just started. Speaking of getting started, it, it is said that, that the two of you have been touring musicians almost since birth, which I'm saying with a little bit of a laugh at your grandparents' Southern Gospel Quartet. But in fact that experience really gave you an appreciation for believing in, in what you sing. T- talk about that. Yeah, we grew up, I mean, we grew up Southern Baptist, uh, and just like you said, our grandparents had a Southern Gospel Quartet. It was all a family band. And uh, so we grew up in the, in the church scene, you know, doing revivals, and the uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, they called them singings, you know, back then. Um, but it, it, they taught us a lot, uh, not just from the entertaining aspect, but just the motion through song, and uh, our, our grandparents, our grandmother, for sure, was uh, great at, at driving home a message. And uh, a lot of emotion involved. And that's, we try to write from that same aspect with our music. Uh, it's, it's very emotional kind of stuff. It's stuff that we've lived through, uh, stuff that we go through day to day. And 
everybody else goes through it as well. So we try to put it in a song and uh, to let everybody else know that, you know, we're all in this kind of together, you know. It's not just fairy tale made up stuff. It's real and it's, it's raw and um, it's what we live through and go through. I should have did this back at the beginning. Let's try something here. The listeners, you're going to have to try to imagine this in your mind, but I'm going to ask each of the brothers to say their name, who they are, so that as you hear them both talk, you can kind of get a sense for who's talking without them having to say each time, this is Chad, this is Kyle, and then answer the question. So let's just have you say who you are and and, and maybe like a, a long sentence, and by the way, I'm buying you time to think of something to say so that you don't say, well, this is Chad, and they go, well, that wasn't long enough for me to digest whose voice sounds like which. So go ahead and introduce okay. yourselves. Maybe tell them how long you've been singing, how long you've been songwriting, how long you've been playing, things like that. Well, so I'm Chad, and I'll sort of finish that uh, question that Kyle just had about playing. So, yeah, we learned everything from our grandparents, like you're saying. Uh, And then they also gave us our first instrument, our first guitar. Uh, And then, you know, it took us several years of learning. But once we got to the high school, early college days, that's when we uh, sort of put our first band together and well, yeah, because I was going to say, what about songwriting, though? I can't imagine that, that at such a young age that your grandparents taught you how to songwrite. No, now, now the songs that they had, uh, you know, they had some, uh, some, a lot of success. Uh, so we appreciated the songs. But it was, I think I might have been 15 when I wrote my very first song. I might have been 25 before I wrote my first good song. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I like that. Hey, everybody. I'm Kyle. Um... I'm the guitar player in the band and, of course, the other singer. Um, I like to hunt. I like to fish. And uh, I'm just all around pretty cool dude. And when do you think you started songwriting? Uh, I guess, I mean, I started putting stuff down on paper, just rhyming stuff, you know, because, um, I, I mean, I was practicing guitar all the time. So just these little melodies I'd come up with, I'd try to put words to it, and uh, nothing good ever came out of it. It wasn't until... Uh, probably by the time I was around 24, 25, um, he'd already been in Nashville for a little bit. And so I was going up during the summer, like all through school and college, I was going up during the summer breaks and going up and watching him do uh, songwriter rounds and um, going out and seeing other, other groups uh, performing as well. And probably didn't get my first tune till I was about 24, 25. That actually was good. When you say you were going up to Nashville, from where? Uh, we're from Alexander City, Alabama. Okay. Now, I do want to come back around so that people can kind of, while we're talking about background, I want to come back around to the Wilson Brothers Band. But, but since we're kind of talking about the, the formative years, let's start with what each of you did individually. Chad, you had moved to Nashville first, and you signed a record deal. And, and listeners, I get the sense, I just met these guys right before we started, but I get the sense that they're going to be kind of humble. So let me puff them up a little bit for you. <laughs> Chad traveled the South with a metal band at 15 and he headlined his first show as a country singer at 16 and talking about him playing guitar he was a finalist for martin guitar and american songwriters the pub deal contest so talk about that that point in your life chad as as well as you you found that you had a shift in focus when you moved to nashville wow that's uh you just brought up some things that i hadn't talked about (laughs) forever uh yeah, 15, playing drums for uh, a rock and roll band. Uh, completely opposite from anything I had ever done up to that point. Uh, so this guy from our hometown found out that I 
played drums, but I never had played any kind of rock and roll or anything. I played the drums to gospel music. That's what we were, we were raised on. But he found out that I played drums and invited me down to, to his little studio to uh, sort of uh, jam out with him and his other buddy to see if there was some magic there. Well, I guess they liked what they heard, so... But did you accept willingly, or were you nervous and, oh, I'm going to have to get was, back to you? I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. I mean, not only did I did I question myself what I was doing, I sort of questioned what my mama would think if she found out. Wow. You know? Wow. Uh, but for, fortunately, I learned a lot in a short amount of time, but it didn't last long. Um, you know, a year or so later, I was doing what i really wanted to do and that was country music and uh yeah we uh it was around 16 when i was turning 17 i was a senior in high school i got the invite to come up to the uh to a show and i played the grand Ole opry mm. um when i was 17 and that led to putting our first band together and i i became the headliner at our local vfw playing every friday and saturday night wow Wow, and and what what was this shift in focus when you moved to Nashville? Uh, it was it was definitely to 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 put more of my efforts and my energy and my focus into songwriting because up until I had moved to Nashville, I was just a country singer, and I I thought that's what it would take to you know make it in music. Well, when I get to Nashville, it was a eyes wide open kind of thing. It was a learning experience. Uh, you have to. When I, my generation coming through, you had to be able to write good music and sing as well. You just couldn't. Very rarely do you just get an artist that just sings anymore. Um, most of them, all artists have to write now. And listeners, I'm going to keep you in suspense here for a minute before we hear from Kyle in terms of his background, but I want to let you know about this setup because the guys remarked about it before we pressed record today. I've got this Tascam gear here that I'm using today that makes it so convenient. And they were admiring where technology is today and how portable everything is. If you would see this Tascam DR44WL that I'm using, it's, it's, they call it a handheld recorder. It's literally the size of my hand. And I choose to use Tascam TM60 microphones that are plugged into it. It does have built-in microphones. I'm not sure that I ever really mentioned that when I talk about that particular unit. But if you just want to do something as simple as a song idea that you have, instead of singing it into your phone, you can put it on there. And obviously, microphones, the headphones that are wearing are from Tascam. I was just over at the songwriter lunch, and someone over there was telling me about this Tascam mixer that they have that they use at home for home studio, but they also bring it out to their gigs and use it on their shows, too. So I've been talking on the last several shows about the brand new Tascam mixer that's out. All this stuff, look it up online at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. If you're doing any kind of recording at all, they've been in business for more than 40 years. They have plenty of solutions for you that will do whatever it is, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced. If you're a touring pro, check out Tascam. Kyle, you were hired as lead guitar with the Wayne Mills Band and wrote Alabama Will with him, and you played with... Several other national acts, the Dallas Moore Band, John Party, Drake White, Confederate Railroad, released an EP and two albums independently between 2013 and 2016. I'm interested after this to hear you guys talk about ultimately joining forces because it sounds like the two of you were doing really well on your own. Well, uh, one correction. I actually didn't write Alabama Well. My brother did. Okay. Uh, but I did play guitar for Wayne. Um, I had a... 
somewhat of a rock background too through high school uh, some buddies of mine that had a band and um we we come through like the altern- uh, alternative rock i guess what you would call it. it wasn't metal rock or anything but more softer rock and um that's kind of where we we all started just a bunch of buddies in high school but um moving forward you know like i said he was already in nashville at the time and so any break i got to to go up there in school you know if, if it was christmas break or summer break whatever it may be i was uh, i was coming up to nashville to just to gather knowledge basically just i wanted to see you know the the players and uh, the the performers and i'd come back home and, and just practice and practice and practice and and then i'd get another break and go back up you know and i just uh I had a drive. I just loved it so much. I just wanted to be the best I could be, and I ended up teaming up with uh, my old buddy Wayne, which he's he's passed on. But um, toured the road with him for a long time, and we got to do a lot of killer shows together, and toured with a lot of people, and a lot of our old group from the earlier days. Uh, you mentioned John Pardee and Drake White. We was all in Nashville, you know, about the same time. Everybody was young, and just everybody was trying to find their own way. And uh, so we had, we had a pretty good group together. We used to do a thing called Alabama Line. We just talked about that earlier. Um, and it was just ba- basically a bunch of Alabama boys on Monday, Tuesday night getting together uh, at any given little venue in Nashville and just playing your songs, you know. And uh, that's kind of that helped a lot of people get uh, jump started their career, and it helped us out a lot as well. As long as as long as it didn't conflict with a tide game, right? Then yeah, because I'm an Auburn fan, he's an Alabama fan. And, uh, ah. We don't disagree on much, but when it comes to football, um, I mean, I've accepted as an Auburn fan that it's okay to lose every now and then. But you know how them Bama fans are. They don't tolerate losing too too often. Listeners, you should see the smile on Chad's face right now. He's just he's – just, He's a proud Bama fan. Yes, he I is. Tell you. Yes, he is. But, Chad, tell me, I, I'm, I'm really interested in this you being in Nashville and Kyle going back and forth because – as brothers, I want to believe that you probably supported him and helped him in any way that you could when he came to town. But absolutely, talk about that dynamic because I think what happens is people either go to Nashville together with a friend or they go there and they don't know anybody. Yeah. And here's a case of where it's your own brother, but it had to be kind of bittersweet. Like he's here, but I know he's leaving in a couple of days to go home. And, and, and there you are on the front line every day in Nashville and he's just got to take what he can get when he can come back and forth. Well, well, that's true. I, I, I don't know if I ever really looked at it like that. Uh, he did get as much as out of it as he could every time he came. But I was very encouraged and very supportive. Um, I had always told him, finish your college education, and then you can move up here. Wow. Uh, but until that happens, come up here when you can. I bought him a guitar. I, uh, every guitar we've ever had was hand, you know, hand-me-downs from our grandparents or I bought him his very first brand new guitar. Wow. And, you know, so we definitely encouraged each other. Um, but we also had some goals that we had to do and get out of the way before we just took a jump off the cliff in the music business, you know. It ain't that easy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a we, – yeah, it still ain't. But, you know, something our, our parents just really – wanted us to go to college and it was very important to them therefore it became important to us so we had to just do whatever we could until uh, that was over and then once that was over we were able to do whatever we wanted uh, and we had and we had their graces in order to do it okay so then 
how, when, where, why did you eventually come together? Because we've been talking about what the two of you did for solo careers, but now you're known as the Wilson Brothers Band. And, and listeners, I want to clarify, it's not just a duo act, but it's, it's a band. But, but so to go from those separate solo careers, how did you eventually come together? Well, there's one main aspect we haven't talked about yet, and that is the aspect of family. Um, I have a six and a three year old daughter right now. Uh, my uh, daughter oldest, just turned six, and uh, you got to think about six, seven years ago, I had just gotten married. Uh, we were expecting our first baby. Uh, Kyle was at the time playing with Wayne Mills. So I was more or less staying in Nashville with my wife and our new, uh, you know, our first daughter uh, for, for a couple of years. And I, I was focused more on just writing as opposed to being out traveling and touring. Well, he was out traveling and touring. Uh, so so our, my family had a lot to do with it. And then when Wayne passed, uh, you know, very tragically, that also changed the direction of Kyle's life. Uh, so... It was, a, it was a combination of uh, several things falling into place and a few things falling out of place. But it, it really wasn't supposed to happen, the Wilson Brothers Band. Kyle was actually supposed to go and come up and uh, was going to fill in on guitar for me and my band. But when he got there to, to the rehearsal, everybody just noticed that we had this brotherly harmony and chemistry and and one of our other business partners who who has a lot uh, to say about matters like this he's like why don't we just why don't you just do this and we do the wilson brothers and uh for us it was a it wasn't a question we was i saw we needed to hear somebody asked us let's do this and uh that was a that was about two years ago that was a that was at the end of 2016 january 2017 and uh, within six months of that, we were recording our first record. Mm. But, you know, every once in a while on this show, I've had, say, a husband-wife team. I know there was at least one instance where there were a couple of brothers on, but it doesn't happen often enough that what I'm getting at is I always like to bring up, for, the, for those who are listening who have this idea that it would be so wonderful to be in a band with my girlfriend, with my wife, with my spouse, with my significant other, or in this case, with my brother, with my sister. We talked before about that it, it's easier to critique a song, but you know, I, I'm thinking of a couple different questions here. The, the first most obvious one is because, Chad, you're saying like that wasn't supposed to be the plan, was there not ever a time? I would, I would just think that naturally, when you have two siblings that are growing up together, both doing music, that there'd be lots of times when you'd say... Hey, we should just do our own thing, and and it doesn't sound like that was the case. Y'all seemed like you blossomed early and just went off in your separate directions. Well, we actually um, years it was about seven eight years ago, maybe even a little longer now. Um, when we've always played music together, and and it wasn't like it just started or whatever. I mean, we've always uh, been a part of each other's career, no matter what. Um, but we actually went in about eight years ago uh, when I was living in Nashville and and cut our first. I guess you could call it an EP, and um, and and we we toured around for a little. And at the time, the name of the band was just Wilson, and um, and we did that for a couple of years actually. And but that was about the time that uh, 
he got married and was was having kids and Wayne was on the road and needed a guitar player and I was just kind of um, ready to get out of Nashville and see some other places, do some other things, and so it just made sense at that time to to just walk away from it, and that's kind of what we did. Um, was what I did, and just I went back on the road, moved back to Alabama, and so I mean we we've done it a few times, like we've always played music together, but this particular project uh, now, the Wilson Brothers Band, it just it formed. Um, from a, from an old friend of ours, which is our business partner, and uh, he just he made all the sense of the world. He's like, you know, both of you are great on your own, and and can excel on your own, but y'all two together is just a powerhouse. It's unstoppable. So let's let's just put it back together and make it happen. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is I spend a lot of time on this show and in my weekly blog on nhte.net talking about collaboration but I fear that some of you might think that just means co-writing with someone else. So here are a couple other examples of how you can do something in the spirit of collaboration. One is ask a musician or a singer to make a guest appearance on a song on your next recording project. A second is support another artist by attending one of their shows on your night off or even giving them a shout out on social media when they announce some news. And three would be, of course, to plan a show together where you're being booked as performing with one another. While you shouldn't do it with this intent, don't be surprised when invitations to do those types of things start coming back to you. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. On the note of forming formally and, go, and going out the way you have, I want you to tell the story to the listeners. I'm, I'm going to set it up for you and let you tell it. And the reason I'm going to ask you to tell the following story is because I like to walk that line between letting the aspiring performers out there who listen to the show know that, number one, I mean, first and foremost, always bring your A game. I don't care where you're playing. I don't care if the audience is five people, if it's 50 people, or if it's 500 people, but always bring your A game. But I always say you never know who might be there. And it offers you hope. I also, listeners, I don't want you to get upset when it doesn't happen. You just always have to, you always have to show up. You always have to bring your A game and know that, yes, these stories do happen. Don't wait for it to happen tomorrow or the next day. Just let it happen when it's meant to happen. What I'm getting at is, guys, give them some hope. Tell them the story about you did an acoustic performance in Nashville and tell them who Kenny Lamb is, how he approached you and, and, and set up the meeting with, with Chris Rowe. Tell them, tell them the story. We was, uh, um, I had moved up, back up there at this time, um, and we, we picked up this little acoustic gig at a place called Jonathan's, and uh, I do believe it was a Monday night, and a friend of ours, Bob Harmon, was with us at the time. 
But uh, there was hardly nobody in the place. It was kind of a low-key, laid-back kind of night. And this guy walks in and sits at a booth. And like I said, I've only been in town for two weeks at, at this time. And uh, he sat down, and he ended up staying for the whole show. And we just kind of did our thing. There wasn't that many people there. But we just played our music like we always do. Do you notice something like that, that, by the way, from the stage? Do you notice that guy's been here the whole gig? I notice everything. Me and yeah, him both. Chad's we, nodding his head yes, too. We, we, we watch everything. Um, and we and sometimes you know, we help each other with that in case I, I miss something or if he missed something. Just letting each other know who's there or who that person is, if I know him or if he knows him. Um, just it, it helps having your brother with you all the time. You know, you always got somebody to lean on, somebody to fall back on, or, I, you know, to set something up or, it, I mean, lots of different scenarios. It's, it's really cool for us to do it, and, and we're so close that most of the time we don't even have to say words. It's just we, we think the same thing on a lot of occasions. But um, going back to the, to the Monday night show, you know, we had this guy sit there and listen to us the whole time, and we got done with the show, and we're kind of packing up, and he walks up and just kind of asks us who we are and, and what we're doing and what's going on, in, you know, in our career. And, you know, basically, you know, I just moved back up here. We are doing these little acoustic shows and ended up swapping numbers. He's like, give us a call, and uh, I want you to meet my partner, which is Chris Rowe, which is the guy who has produced all of our music. And uh, they're, they're in a partnership together, and we went up, meeting up with them the I think it was the next day yeah. or maybe two days later and uh, I mean it just jump started right then and we started immediately writing and um writing that the our very first project and it just I mean it happened really fast and it, you know that doesn't happen to a lot of people uh, I understand that but we was fortunate and lucky it, it, it's all most of it's luck anyway but uh in you know performance wise he's talking about that uh, I think it's your obligation as an artist and a performer to give 100% every time. Um, whether it is one person or 10 people or 10,000, um, that's, I mean, that's your job. You're, you're a performer. You, so you should want to give 100% every time. Yeah, and chances are, if you had taken the attitude that it's a Monday night, this is a little out-of-the-way place, there's not that many people here, and you dial your performance back, a guy like him is going to notice, and he's not going to get up from that booth and walk over at the end exactly and right. ask you, who are you, what are you doing, here's a card. Well, this is Chad again. I'm going <laughs> to... I want to embellish on Kyle. That was a very subtle, very <laughs> humble explanation of uh, how we found uh, Kenny and Chris. Kenny Lamb, by the way, is a multi-hit uh, songwriter. I think he's got platinum songs. Out there. Great guy. But that is the guy who sat and listened to us all night long. And Now, we didn't know who he was at the time, like Kyle said later to find out he's one of the biggest guys in the business and he just invited us to his studio to meet his business partner who we will later find out as kyle has said to be chris Rowe, who produced our first number one song that we just had off our record chris Rowe is uh, he's got a, a discography uh, all his own he is he is equally as powerful in nashville uh, as far as production and th- those kind of things as kenny is with the songwriting and with the uh, so, so Kyle didn't really emphasize that, but I, I wanted to reiterate, uh, Chris Rowe and Kenny Lamb, uh, we are very, very blessed that those guys would want to work with us, and that, that validated to us that we're on the right path. Well, know? and I want to emphasize, so everything that you've been hearing, listeners, I don't feel that you're getting a strong enough sense for the songwriting that these guys are doing. I think I mentioned it back in the intro, but you've written songs that have been cut by 12 other artists. 
It's probably more than that now, yeah. Um, it's and especially with the internet and all that, you know, these days, um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there covering our music that we hadn't even met yet. Uh, we, just, I mean, we get turned on to it. it. Seems like weekly that somebody else is covering a tune, or um, it's. There's, I don't. I, can you really name name them all? Uh, well, for sure, Davis Nix and River Dan. Y'all should check them out when you get a chance. Oh, yeah, they're single. Dear friends of ours. Yeah, we got their singles. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's a ton, tons of artists. But like I said, that with the, with the internet now and the, and the sharing and the whole social media thing, you can get your music out. You know, we don't really know who's all covering our stuff now, but it's awesome. Okay, but how are these songs getting to these artists? Are you writing for them? Is, do you have a, a, a publishing company, a plugger? Is there somebody who's out there pushing these songs that you're writing? How, how are these all? The, I mean, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of different people. Well, a lot of the uh, cover stuff that uh, that Kyle's talking about is stuff that we have already cut and maybe put out. Okay. And they're okay. just they're just taking what we've done and putting their own spin on it. Okay. But as far as the the songs that we intentionally write for other people, yeah, those people go to those artists. Um, you know, we we've had several publishing deals where we wrote for certain people. Um, there's a couple of artists that's coming out with brand new records right now. Um, I mentioned their name. Uh, River Dan and Davis Nix, their first singles coming out, or or their second single coming out, are songs that we wrote with them and for them, and it goes back to that circle of friends I was telling you about earlier today. We got a great network of people around us, great group of songwriters, and we all encourage and push each other. Uh, if Davis is is working on a record, or it might be us working on a record, everybody has to try to contribute, and, uh, and I, I don't, I, I think that's. Probably the, to us, that's just the best possible way. And listeners, Chad said before that he felt that Kyle was kind of being humble the way he told that story. I think they're both being humble. Uh, let, let me try to pump these guys up a little bit more because they've got some really good credentials. How about how about toured with Clint Black, Jody Messina, John Rich, Leanne Rhymes? This is this is all good stuff. I mean, you guys are you guys are. It's fun, right? I and mean, Chad, you're smiling. I hope you guys are having fun with all this. That, that's a we love that's it. a that's a really impressive list I just read off there of names. We absolutely love it. There's no better feeling than walking off the stage after you just put on what you feel like is your greatest performance. And um, and I mean, it's, you can't even put into words what it feels like when you're out there playing your music and with a band. And just I mean, I love every aspect: the lights, the this everything. It's just it's wonderful. Is there any way to tell, I'm going to, I'm going to put on the business hat for a minute, is there any way to tell touring with names like I read off, Clint Black, Jody Messina, John Rich, Leanne Rimes, is there any way to tell if you're getting new fans by way of doing that, doing those shows? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the, people let you know when the music's good, uh, and that's in anything. But, you know, we get done with these shows, and uh, we go to our merch booth, and and just kind of wait and see who shows up. And and sometimes it'll surprise you. There'll be a line of people just standing there waiting until we get there. And uh, and then sometimes, you know, it takes a little while for cause, – because you got – I mean, we're opening up for some of these acts, and so their show is usually going on. And sometimes it takes a little while for the fans to get there, but me and him, we'll stand there until the last person walks out. And, and usually, you know, on a lot of these bigger shows, it's right there toward the end when everybody's coming out of the door is when they stop by the merch booths and stuff like that. But 
we yeah we, i mean we meet all kind of people all the time they stay in touch with us through the social media sites and people send you messages sometimes you don't get to meet them but they'll just send you a message a random message hey we heard y'all show last night and you know we're fans and yeah you read my mind because when you were talking before about the internet and the way that these songs get out there that's what i was thinking is that maybe there's some people who just for whatever reason don't come and meet you guys but as much as people like to criticize social media nowadays someone can get in touch with you they can go to your facebook page they can go on your social media and say hey i just want to let you know i saw you guys last night before the clint black show and really enjoyed your music and all of a sudden you say okay we thought we were reaching people but here's some validation here well i I wanted to add to that so the original question was how can we tell that we're making new fans well this is something that we'll never ever forget We're, we're playing with clint black at the forum uh in rome georgia we had a 40-minute set right before Clint went on. It was just us two. We're the only two artists. When we got finished with our 40-minute set. Excuse me. Do, do, you mean, do you mean it was just the two of you, no band? No, no. We oh, had a oh, band. Okay. okay. Two groups. Gotcha. gotcha. His, him and his group, us and our Yep. Well, when we finished our 40-minute set, we'll never forget this moment. We got a standing ovation. We're the opening act. That, wow. That hardly ever happens. Wow. I'll say. And, you, and, and so your question was, does that translate into new fans? Well, after Clint did his show, and like Kyle said, we went to our merch booth, we probably had over 1,000 people stop by and wow. either buy something. We sold completely out of everything we had, oh my all gosh. our CDs. Oh, my so gosh. So absolutely, it, it transfers over. The, if people like good music, they will go out of their way to let you know it. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and, and I'm glad that, that you said that, Chad, because it is said, listeners, that – the brothers are not trying to compete with the quote-unquote new country. They're just trying to be real and true to themselves. And, and I admire that because it's very authentic. It's not, well, this is what the music industry wants us to do. It's this is what we feel in creating our music. Yes? Yep. That's, uh, that's kind of always been our thing. We've always just uh, just been us. I mean, we're not trying to compete. I mean, I don't ever look at music as a competition. Anyway, I, I love to see my friends uh, succeed, and I like seeing them having hits and stuff on the radio, but, you know, that doesn't mean that radio is for us. That doesn't necessarily mean that's where our career has to go. Uh, there's a place for everybody, and, and we just we just be us. That's all we know how to do. Well, and because there are things like, like YouTube, for example, I mean, you can have tremendous success, like you say, not necessarily radio, but your music video for It All Looks Good From Here debuted at, debuted, debuted at number one on CMT Music 12-Pack Countdown, and it remained in the top three for seven weeks. And then streaming-wise, that song has more than 1.7 million streams on Spotify. That right there shows you that you don't just put all your eggs in the radio basket because... Thankfully, in the year 2018, there are so many other avenues. There's outlets everywhere, you know, and we was, we was the first artist in over 10 years to debut at number one for CMT. So that was a, a really special moment for us. And that's with not having the radio success that you was talking about. Typically, you, to, to, to have a new country artist break in, you you got to have a radio. But like you were saying, not necessarily anymore. There's, there's other ways. Chad, what was the summer 2018 Budweiser tour? Yeah, um, so Budweiser they do this this tour every year uh, where they uh, they'll take uh, major acts to some of their distilleries across America, and they'll give uh, 
they'll give the uh, some of the customers and some of the employees the opportunity to actually uh, tour the whole facility. You get to see where they brew and all these brew masters, and you get to see how they bottle it and package it, and uh, and they, and they uh, you know interactively walk you through the whole thing and and show you how Budweiser is born and and put out. And uh, but they're such good fans of music that they incorporated music with this and they have a big concert uh, every week in a different location uh, wherever their uh, brewer, breweries are. And uh, we, were, we were fortunate enough to, for them to hear our music and they called us up and asked us if we would like to be a part of that tour and we were fortunate enough to, to land on several of those shows. Uh, we didn't get them all, which would have loved, but, <laughs> but we took very, very much uh, for granted the ones that we did have. I am on location in Pensacola Beach, Florida, the site of the 10th Pensacola Beach Songwriters Festival, and my guests are Chad and Kyle Wilson. They are the Wilson Brothers Band, and as I always encourage you every week with whoever the guest is, I want you to check out their official website. It's wilsonofficial.com, and as we've alluded to, they are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Do purchase the Wilson Brothers Music it is available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, CD Baby. Keep up with the guys online to see where and when you can go see them perform live. And I want to encourage you to join the Facebook group for this show. If you go to our website, which is nhte.net, there is a button there that says join our Facebook group. We have recently started to get some past guests from the show to join that group but there's other listeners there's other musicians who've not necessarily been on the show it's just a great online community where you can talk with other people it doesn't even necessarily have to be about the show sometimes it's just helping one another out talking about the blogs that get published on nhte.net other things like that check it out go to nhte.net and click on the join our facebook group button guys since i just plugged one of your social media is Instagram. What is Fan Friday that you do on Instagram? Uh, we started this, I don't know, a couple months ago. It's just it's a new campaign we're doing. You know, after uh, after our shows or before shows, meet and greets and stuff like that. You know, we take pictures with our fans and um, all the photos kind of just get cycled through. Uh, Ron Phillips that runs all our social media stuff, our website and all. He. Uh, he just logs all these photos, and uh, and it's just a random photo that comes out every Friday of the fans. So it's kind of something cool, you know, for uh, everybody to check in every Friday, see if their picture made the website or if it made the uh, Instagram post or whatever. And it's, it's become pretty cool. People get pretty excited about it, you know, and they uh, their photo is the official photo for Wilson Brothers Fan Friday. Chad, I want to ask you, you were saying a few minutes ago about, you know, what a big deal that is to get that kind of placement for your video debuting at number one when you haven't had radio success when you haven't become known there you were named one of five rising acts by cmt we're, we're kind of reciting all these things but do you ever just stop and you know in disbelief just scratch your head and say i can't believe that we were named one of five rising acts by cmt i can't believe our video debuted at number one it does <laughs> yes, yes, we, 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 yes, we do. <laughs> Listeners, I don't know if you heard it in the background. Kyle said every day, all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, we, 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 we've been blessed. And we, we, like I said, we try not to take it for granted. Uh, everything that, 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 the success that we've had, we've been working our whole life for it. None of it's easy. 
uh, and like like we talked earlier, uh, it don't matter how hard you work. Sometimes it ain't in the cards for you. We're just fortunate enough that we have a product that people like. Um, we got we got songs that people relate to. Our music is genuine. It's it's about your average person and their perspective about just appreciating the air we breathe and the life we live and the choices we make and uh that's that's like i say that's sort of who we are and so we were we were raised to be thankful for all the blessings we have so we never take any of them for granted but uh yeah we sometimes we scratch our head and say <laughs> what is going on this is crazy <laughs> and listeners as you know by this point there is they chad said uh, you know a product that we like you know that a product that I like is my Boulder Creek guitar. If you're a guitar player, you're looking for something to play that maybe you're just not sold on, on what you use. Maybe someone gave it to you, you just use it because it's the only one you've ever had. Or if you've never played guitar and you're looking for one to get, look at Boulder Creek guitars. They have this line of artists that's unbelievable. Lee Bryce plays Boulder Creek guitar. There's players from Fleetwood Mac that use Boulder Creek guitars. Three Doors Down, Sarah McLaughlin. They, they do guitars, basses, and ukuleles. Last week on the show, Michael Peterson talked about the Boulder. He has four Boulder Creek guitars <laughs> that he plays, and he talked extensively. We had Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz on the show. He talked about what he plays from, from Boulder Creek. Jamie Kyle the week before him, and, and even Jeff Stramitz, who is a regular gigging singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, but he happens to be the president and CEO of Boulder Creek. Listen to some of those interviews. I, I know I talk about my Boulder Creek and how much I love it, but if you don't want to take my word on it, listen from, from those people who are playing it all the time and check out bouldercreekguitars.com. It's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Click on Find a Dealer, and of course, their patented suspended bracing system is really what they're known for. You're going to look at it, and you're going to go, wow, the sound hole's in a different place. Yeah, okay, that's really cool, but it's cosmetic after a while. It's, you know, that's great, but what does it sound like? So check them out online. Guys, now that the news is out, it was fun for you to, to break the news to everyone, this big announcement that you had. But for those that missed it, I'll, I'll let you do it here on NHTE. Tell the listeners what your big announcement was that, that just recently came out. Yep, just a few days ago, we released our second single or our second video off our record. Uh, it debuted worldwide, worldwide premiere. So uh, now you can go and, uh, and see the new video for the new single, uh, Loving You, Loving On Me. That's an exciting time, isn't it? It's kind of like, and, and so you said, so you mentioned Chad that you have two children. Does it feel? Because I know a lot of times songwriters will say that their songs are like their babies. And so when you finally get to the release of a new video of a new song, does it feel like, here's our new baby? Yes, especially this one, because this one, this one, him and I wrote uh, without anybody else. Sometimes we have a third co-writer with us. But yeah, him and I wrote this one together in probably less than seven or eight minutes. Whoa. Very rarely. Whoa. Very rarely does that happen. Whoa. But it just, it just the magic of the day. I was on the front porch, had a guitar in my hand, had a riff. He just happened to walk out and hear it and said, I like that. And I'm like, well, cool, check this out. Five, ten minutes later, it was done. And that's going to be our brand new single that just come out that you guys can listen to. Okay, Kyle, now it's your turn. Did he tell the story to your liking or did he... Did he was he too humble? Did he embellish? Did well, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I always <laughs> love to throw this part in. Going back to our group of friends, you know, uh, we we love our group, we love our friends dearly, and and one of them is Davis Nix, and uh, Davis is from Montgomery, Alabama, and uh, and he's he's stirring up some uh, 
some making some noise in in the industry right now but uh going back to writing this song uh so we come over to to chad's house and there's a lot going on the girls are running around and uh well at that time it was just presley but um and we was just hanging out and he had that little uh little hook you know and and davis was all just hanging out and, and i went out on the porch and he was talking about it and we've already been talking about writing a song anyway but I went out there and he had the hook and uh it poor Davis he had to basically sit in the kitchen area and watch us write this song in the living room <laughs> and, and you know it, it it's funny because especially now because we all write together all the time and uh and we hang out a lot he's actually down here uh as well but uh it it was just one of those moments because the song happened so fast it he sit in the in the kitchen and hung out with Presley and just kind of chilled out. And me and him sit right there and beat this song out in like five minutes. Awesome. And uh, he was like, well, thanks, guys. You know, appreciate y'all letting me get involved. And, was like, and so I always tell people, I was like, yeah, we let him sit there and watch us right. <laughs> Listeners, if you're in the area of the uh, Florida-Alabama border, the brothers will be playing at the Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival in November. We've got shows coming up in the Carolinas. I'm going to have to drive an hour over from Tampa to come and see y'all play in Orlando on December 30th at the House of Blues. And then the next night, you're in Myrtle Beach. Boy, oh boy, a, a lot of opportunities to see these guys. I'm going to put that on my calendar to go see them in Orlando on December 30th at the House of Blues. So make sure that you're keeping up with them online so that you can see where and when you can go see them. The album Wilson Brothers Band was released this year. You can get a signed copy. It's available from their website. And obviously, as they mentioned, certainly at their shows, their merchandise is available, their their music. Guys, we're going to close with a song of yours called Alabama Will. So before we let you go, tell the listeners about this song. I'll let Chad tell you about this, and this is a more personal song for him. So, yeah, so Alabama Will, uh, we're, we're hoping and praying that uh, our management and our team around us will give us the opportunity to release this as a single once uh, the cycle of loving you, loving on me is, is completed. Uh, we're hoping to get this because this is, this is a song about everything that we've talked about today is written in this song. It, the struggles we've had on the road, uh, the, the lack of money, breaking down in a small town in Texas, with not enough money to fix the van that you're in, so you have to call home and borrow money just to get you to to California Whoa. to play the next show. Whoa. All those, and then leaving home, and and uh, especially now that I've got two girls, it's still never easy to go out. I mean, I've been out. We've been out two weeks now, uh, and I haven't seen my two girls in over two weeks. So there's there's so many sacrifices we have to make, but we have a support group and we have a mama a mama in alabama that is behind us 100 percent, and we never want them to forget what that means to us so alabama will is a tribute to those people and our foundation and our family um just letting them know that no matter where we go or how people look at us we know that there's a place in alabama that always will awesome awesome outstanding Chad and Kyle, they are the Wilson Brothers Band. Guys, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me here today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Great to meet you both. Listeners, check them out online. WilsonOfficial.com is the website for the Wilson Brothers Band. 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Wilson Brothers Band. It's B-R-O-S, Wilson Bros Band, on all three of those social media platforms. As I mentioned, their album, Wilson Brothers Band, released this year, is available from their website. You can get a signed copy. It's also available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, and CD Baby. I gave you some cities where they're going to be playing in a couple dates, but keep up with the boys online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. Let them know that you heard them. And now hear this entertainment. As I mentioned before, we do have a Facebook group that I encourage you to join and become active in. It's called NHTE Listeners if you want to just punch it in on Facebook to search for it. Otherwise, you can just go to our website, which is nhte.net, and click on the button that says Join Our Facebook Group. Go in there, talk about the show, tell me what I'm doing that you like, what I don't like, what you wish I would stop doing, <laughs> which you would like me to do a little bit more of. Talk with the other members of the group if you got some questions about the music business, if you have struggles, if you have something that's working really good for you that you want to suggest to the others, and uh, just make some new connections in there. In the meantime, thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from the Wilson Brothers Band. This is the one they just talked about. This is called Alabama Will. They misspelled my name on the marquee That's the second time this week Oh, but it don't bother me Before I leave this little town tomorrow I'm gonna have to fix this van With money I have to borrow Rolling down that interstate Trying to belong Wondering what they think about me and my song They might not understand me Or get the way I feel But there's a place in Alabama that will been home It's tough on the family when you're always gone But when I start to question what I do I pull out their photograph and it always pulls me through Yes sir Rolling down that interstate Just trying to Oh
There's a place in Alabama that will 